deeper than rap. Named Sasha, Sasha. I remember her number like the summer when her and Susie, yeah, they threw a slumber. Party, but you can't call it that because it was slumber. Rock, old school, colors, and new school boots. Cats keep it jumping like kangaroos. Let's do it on the bar, we ain't trying to lose. Say, I'll be got, they gonna change the rules. Old school, colors, and new school boots. Cats keep it jumping like kangaroos. Let's do it on the bar, we ain't trying to lose. All right, man, we back. Oh, actually, we just the first time actually kicking off, kicking off our first episode of our podcast, new podcast, deeper than rap, deeper than rap on y'all boys. So, as of right now, the set is just a regular REOP set. Right. When I get these new lights in, we're going, we're going. I'm gonna introduce the new set. It's gonna look, it's gonna look real fire though. Transformation. Got the, yeah, got the color lights and everything, man. But that's just gonna be for us though, not for Devin. I was gonna. He say- gotta use this. Devin must have inspired you with that demon light he had. Oh, that was that was some cheap <laughs> ass shit, bro. Nigga probably paid like five dollars for that light on, on Amazon, bro. That poor ass shit, though. She had no vibrancy. <laughs> that bit only one color, bro. I think he seen my lights I get up front. It was yeah. like, bro, I'm trying to be like, ow, bro. But he probably, <laughs> but he probably just he went the cheap route because my shit is hue lights. I paid fifty. My shit fifty dollar light bulb. I, I know Devin cheap ass ain't pay fifty dollar like that. <laughs> <laughs> he probably he probably went on eBay got what? a red light bulb. <laughs> He's trying to it's trying to rock it out, bro. I know he ain't pay fifty dollars a light bulb because it's four of them in the house. Well, okay, yeah, he ain't pay fifty dollars. My shit fifty a light bulb and that bitch got Wi Fi on it though, so I know he ain't pay that. But uh, yo, nigga, yo, yo, yo. Your light got Wi-Fi? Yeah, nigga. It go off Alexa, nigga. <laughs> hey, nigga you, know I'm, you know I'm, <laughs> I, I overdo it with the tech. I overdo it with the tech. Bro. I that's still one, live humbly. That's one of my gifts, bro. That's one of my faults. I do. I overdo it when it comes to the tech, bro. When I spend time in the hood, my folks think that I'm um, I'm uh, tech savvy because I got the, all the Apple. It don't. It don't take. Uh, much. It don't take much. It don't take much to, to, for your parents to think you tech savvy. Nigga, you pull up with a Nintendo Switch and they like, uh oh. <laughs> you done came up, son. <laughs> you fixing computers and that shit now. <laughs> I used to hate back in the day when you get like a new computer and your parents tell you to hook that bit up. Yeah. Nah, I'm gonna tell you what I hate more than anything. Teaching. The elderly how to work an iPhone. I don't do that. You a cold blooded nigga. I don't have any elderly people that I need to teach. My mom don't get an iPhone, but my, my first of all, my mom's not elderly. I shouldn't even do that. <laughs> and my, my grandma, she got a little flip cricket phone. My grandmother got an iPhone a few years back, and um, going through that process was ridiculous. Ridiculous. I wouldn't have been there. Bruh. She had everyone in the family teach her. Nigga, I would've get nigga, that iPhone would've been a give and go. I would've passed it to that bitch, passed it to that and ran out that motherfucker. That's hilarious. <laughs> hey, hey see, you later. see you later, grandma. <laughs> hot potato, hot potato. <laughs> you lose, and I would just ran out that motherfucker, man. But yeah, I'm, people be talking about how they be teaching old people tech. And my mom got a my mom got an Android, so. Oh. 
She said, oh, nigga. You said, oh, like that shit tragic. Like she got. She got a terminal disease. Nigga said, oh. But yeah, my mom got an Android. She got one of the newest Androids, but she got an Android. Yeah, my pops the same way. So and that we, nigga be advocating for My mom just don't care. She just like, only she could text all three of her kids. Right. Because we, we all in the group chat, and then that shit got the green bubble. But it's all yeah. good. Everybody else in the family got iPhones. She the only one with a damn Android, but it's all good. As long as we can contact her. Cause, but she right. don't give a fuck about none of that shit, though. But, uh, what was I saying? I was actually banned from the family computer, and my mom used to have me hook the new computer up. I would have downloaded as much porn as I could. <laughs> <laughs> nah, this is what she did, though. This is what she did. So... I was banned from the computer, so they got a new one. So I was like, she said, she asked me to put it together. So I was like, oh shit, I'm unbanned. So I done, I done put the computer together. And she was like, and then I had to put, you know, the new computer, you had to, eventually they had the passwords and right, shit like right, that. Right. So I set the password up as a family friendly password. <laughs> she then went back and changed that motherfucker. I tried to log on. <laughs> No success. No success. She was like, "Yeah, you banned from this one too." I like you just had me set this computer for two hours. Out of spite, out of spite, bro. That was your punishment. Man, I was like, "I'm gonna get you back." I ain't never get her back, of course. Cause I just stopped giving a fuck. But it is what it is, man. But episode one, deeper than rap. The old, the old is silent. Yeah. The O is silent. It's deeper than rap. It's gonna look like deeper than R.O.P., but it's deeper than rap. So uh What is the O for? You know, like Wayne always said, and the O is for well, he said the F is for, but you gotta add that in. The O is for Outcast. Cause on it this is. first ever episode, we're gonna talk about Outcast and a classic album. A Aquimini. It when I was a jit, I used to call it Aquamini because I was retarded. I was retarded, bro. God definitely. I was rebeating. definitely would have thought you were. <laughs> I was rebeating. I, I kept it to myself. Teacher, hey, can you can you move him? I didn't tell anybody this. Of course, I kept it to myself. Aquamini. I thought it was Aquamini, bro. Hey, I can get that Aquamini album. <laughs> like, nigga, what? Why are you security? Get this who, motherfucker out of my Who sings that? It's Aquamini. <laughs> Hey, bro, no lie, no lie. All right. This was in, it was, um, you remember Sam's Goody? Yeah. So my cousin, my cousin country as fuck, he from fucking South Carolina, bro, little ass city. Mm-hmm. So he came, so when they used to come down to Jacksonville, them country ass niggas used to be, ah, you got a mall? All kind of stupid ass shit like that. <laughs> so we up in, I think we was in Avenues Mall, man. So, you know, Avenue Mall, these country-ass niggas, they eyeballs, about they explode out there, them. Right, right. I mean, the first time I seen <laughs> the Avenues, I was like, wow. I ain't gonna lie. That's an elite mall. Bruh, it really is. Yeah. Well, at least for the for the South. For, 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 well, for Jax. Well, this is, this is in 2000. Right, early right, 2000s. early 2000s, right. But, yeah, it was an elite mall. So, you gotta imagine. Bruh, that shit was top tier, bruh. I ain't even it, gonna it, hold it, it down. Tier. It's top tier. Two, two stories. Bro, the first time I seen the avenues, I was like, oh my God. And it had an Abercrombie and Finch in it. This is a mall, bro. <laughs> With real motherfuckers modeling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was top tier. So these country ass niggas, they come up in the mall. 
one of my cousins is named Brad. He's a, a Bone Thugs and Harmony stand. So uh, I trolled this nigga. <laughs> so you know, you remember back in the day, you used to have to go to the. It, the, the internet wasn't really readily available, so you have to literally sometimes go inside the CD stores and ask them when the release date yep. for a CD is. Yep. So he we was in that bit looking for like he was looking for like Busy Bone songs and Busy Bone albums and shit like out. I mean, not uh, Bone Thugs. Bone Thugs. Yeah, yeah. Ain't really had that much. So I like I trolled him because you know it was BT Uncut days. Mm-hmm. And he he was like, hey. You know about that Bone Thugs album? You know what I mean? Bone Thugs album coming out. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, Busy Bone got an album coming out. It's called Ziploc Bag. You remember that song? <laughs> you were like, ain't nothing like money Bruh. to Ziploc Bag. Bruh. I told him Busy Bone had an album called Ziploc Bag. <laughs> I, I was trolling this you. nigga, dog. I probably would have fought you. I was like, yeah, song. I was like, I don't know the date. Go up there and ask him when it come out. So he go to this white dude at the register. He was like, when that busy bone, <laughs> when that busy bone album come out, the white dude was like, what busy bone album? He was like, Ziploc bank. <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> he was like, what was his reaction? The white dude white said, guy. The white dude said what? Make <laughs> it away from me. The white dude said, the white dude said what? He was like, it's called Ziploc Bag. Like, you ain't never heard that song? He starts singing the song. Ain't nothing like money in Ziploc Bag. He's singing this shit at the register, bro. <laughs> the white dude, the white dude sent him off. The white dude looking at the list, he was like, it come out December. Just to get him the fuck away from the couch. Bro, that's hilarious. This was around like September because they came down here for the family reunion. We always right. have our shit at the beginning of September. That nigga said, don't come back. <laughs> that's basically what he said. The white dude looked at the list. He was like, it come out December. My yeah. cousin was like, okay. I, bro, I was in that bit dying yeah, laughing. Like, I, like, I, can't be- <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this nigga sung. <laughs> I can't believe that nigga sung that song, bro. I'm like, ain't nothing like money in a Ziploc bag. Uh huh. Uh huh. He sang the you whole hook, bro. Asshole, bro. Right. Yeah, I probably would have fought you in that store after I was turned away. He never noticed, bro. Because when the red would do the register, it was like December. He was like, oh, okay. He couldn't wait. He was like, oh, he was like, oh, my cousin knows something. I was trolling his dumb ass. I never told him, of course, because he probably wouldn't even remember. But that was funny, bro. That <laughs> Nigga sung the whole fucking song. Bro. <laughs> the I was a huge, like, Bone Thugs fan, too. And I probably would have, uh, had I heard him singing that in the store. Like, yo, Bone No one in Bone Thugs sings. That's not even a Bone Thugs song. Like, it was... Busy Bone was on the song, but that's not a Bone Thugs right, album. Right. And why would Busy Bone drop an album called Ziploc? Ziploc, man. man. He sent that nigga off, bro. I never really liked Bone Thugs like that, so one episode we might have to do like a Bone Thugs album. You never what? Never really liked Bone Thugs. East 1999 was hard as fuck. I never heard it. Okay, I'm gonna put you I know the singles. Never heard it. We might need to do that album. I mean, I'll say this. 
it was hard, but it was hard for that time. Like listening to it today, the singles still resonate. It's some of those lyrics in there that you know I just don't I don't hear today. But we will do we will do a um, and I'm just talking about their, their their catalog. You know what I mean? But we will do a um, East 1999 review for sure. Okay, I'm looking. Actually, I'm not looking forward for it, but I'm just gonna say that just to say it. Just to just to don't help, appease me. Just to help transition don't along. Don't appease me. <laughs> but like, all right. So basically, what this podcast is: so we take albums that are considered classic, mm-hmm. and we just listen to them and break them down and tell the history of the album, and let you know whether this album stands up to the test of time. Still resonates. Yeah. Right. Yeah, just complete retrospects of the album. Some little facts here and there, if there is any facts. I, I know some. I know we're gonna talk about a couple albums where like it ain't really that. Like that nigga just recorded that bit and dropped right, it. Right. And then, it was a good album, right? Yeah. You gotta love it for the time. If we and ever, I mean, I think even in that moment, we 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 will be able to talk about uh, cultural influence. Um, impact that that it had on us those around us i mean there's a lot that we could dive into for sure but um today we definitely gonna be telling well elk got some stories for us so i'm looking forward to it yeah if we ever do illmatic that's gonna be a long ass episode because that nigga nas bruh he had like that, Four years of artist development before that album even came out. Yeah, but uh, but the the album was written, to my knowledge. Yeah, literally, no pun. Right, like yeah, that is crazy. That it, it but yeah, I mean, Nas is one of my like Nas was my favorite rapper coming up. Nas. Lyrically. He was my favorite rapper. Yeah. Eventually, with age, I stopped liking his music. I think I I, I parted from you know what I mean, like yeah. my attachment, you know, my deep attachment. Um, and then I, I I grew closer to Jay. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I grew more to Jay as I grew older. You know? Okay, I feel that. I feel the same way. But uh, let's talk about okay. So sure. we're doing um. Aqua Mini, I was just playing. Aquemini, <laughs> right? Which is Outkast's third album. Yes. Follow-up album to ATL. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you: Was the when did you hear this album? Did you hear it in '98? This came out September 29th, '98. I did. So what, what, how old were you then? You were eight. Eight years old. Freshly I just eight. eight. Just yep. turned eight. Yep. So you heard it when it came out. Yep. Who put you on to this album? My older brother. Older brother? Uh, Evan. He was on one of the episodes before, but uh, my older brother Evan was like really heavy into my musical influence as far as what I listened to, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> how I how I I received it as far as like understanding. He he broke down a lot to me. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yo, what are they rapping about? I'm eight years old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he was at that time 13. Um, this so. was your first Outkast album you ever heard, or? No, 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 no. I, I, my, uh, I was a huge fan of um, Southern Playlist and Cadillac Funky Music. Okay. When they first album came out. Debut album. Yeah. yeah. See, I didn't have a big brother growing up, and at that time, uh, I was nine years old. Yeah. So. I think I was just became a sibling because my little brother was like only two years old, probably yeah. one at that time. 
So I didn't have a big brother growing up. So I didn't hear this album until I was like 14. Word. Now, of course, I heard the singles and whatnot, mm-hmm. but I didn't hear this album until I was able to buy it on my own because my parents would not buy this album for me for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I was able, I wasn't able to really pick what I was able to um, as far as like album wise. If my parents didn't have that, if they didn't buy it for themselves and I heard it, I wasn't gonna hear it because my parents, which is kind of weird, they were buying my mom. Bought all Trick Daddy albums. Really? Yes, she bought all Trick Daddy. She never listened to them. My grandfather. She used to just buy them just to buy them. That's crazy. That's crazy. My grandfather bought a lot of Tupac albums. Did mm. <laughs> he listen to them? Yeah, yeah, he was a big Tupac fan. Yeah, my pops bought Tupac albums, so I heard all Tupac albums when I was little because I used to just sneak them in my CD player. Mm-hmm. But my mom used to buy that two. She used to buy the Trick Daddy albums and like never play them. My parents wasn't listening to Outkast, so. I would just have to see what Outkast was on was on TV. I didn't hear Outkast Outkast album like in full until Stankonia came out, and that, around that time I was like 11 years old, so I could buy my own album. So I didn't hear a full Outkast album until Stankonia, but this album I didn't hear it until I was like 13, 14 years old to be honest. But when I heard it, it was still relevant to me. It was. I feel like I didn't miss much. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I still consider myself an outcast man. Actually, I heard their greatest hits before I heard this album. Really? I bought Stankonia. Bought Stankonia, and then like they came out with uh, Andre and Big Boy Presents Greatest. We had the whole world on it. Mm-hmm. It when, when Stankonia came out, I was hearing Jacks, and by that time I was in. I think I had just like gotten to middle school. And um, like that was the, the the topic of discussion, you know what I mean? Like we all kind of talked. Everyone knew I rapped, you know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. we always talked music, and when they dropped "Stank On You," that was a big one. But did you would you say uh, Outkast like influenced your rapping? Um, I would say they influenced like my approach to rap as far as how I mentally take it is so big boy has a really interesting way of making things um visual in a sense you can you can see yourself in in like as he's rapping his scenario you can see yourself in a similar experience it from your life you know what i mean yeah big so, boys are definitely a lot more relatable so i think like as i listened to big boy his his way of storytelling stood out to me i never um was influenced by andre musically because i didn't feel like uh i could adapt that style you talking about as far as like skill wise and like Just his aesthetic, his aesthetic for rap. I think that what I took from Andre is uh, like some of his spiritual approaches. Mm-hmm. You know how he'll drop in some lines to where he makes a, a, a reference about um, divinity or something of the sort, um, and it's introspective in, 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 in such with relationships. You know. Um, so I, I've taken things like that from him. Um, 
but nothing that I would say is easily recognizable. Okay. I think I I, I was more influenced by Big Boy <clears throat> growing up. I always thought he was the more articulate rapper in the sense of painting a picture, still being lyrical, and still having a melodic uh, flow. Oh, that makes that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, so let's talk about the album. Um, Outcast Equipment I came out September 29th, 1998. Mm-hmm. So. I didn't really put this in consideration, the name. I just like went along with the name. I didn't know Big Boy was a Quimini and Andre was a Gemini. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I mean, I Quimini, Aquarius. Yeah. I said Quimini. I just. Man. I knew it was based on both their. Um, I didn't know it was Zodiac. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't resonate. I could have. It should have just slapped me in the face because you look at the cover. The cover is like a Zodiac type cover. Yeah. And I don't know if you you listen to this young man, Gunna. Mm-hmm. His album Wanna is influenced off the Equimini. Not quite the aesthetic of his album, because the aesthetic of his album is Zodiac Suns. Right. And it, he uh he got that from the Equimini album. Wow, that's interesting. So yeah, that's pretty that's like one of the influences on the young niggas that right, right, right. that Outcast had. Which is we we're gonna talk more on that. Uh, but yeah. The album is pretty much a, The album name is pretty much A mashup of Both of their Zodiac signs This is actually the first album They ever recorded Not inside the dungeon Wow yeah. So Both of the albums um, Southern Playlistic And AT Aliens Both was recorded Inside the dungeon mm-hmm. This was actually recorded In a uh, Hollywood studio Because at this point these niggas are making money. Yeah, this is when they said they wanted to try <clears throat> something new, right? Yeah, they tried something new. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, their production team, Organized Noise, didn't really have anything to do with them at all. At all. Yeah. Andre 3000 produced most of this shit with a live band. I didn't know that. Yeah. Now, I knew that um, Andre told them he wanted to have more uh, musical influence on the album. Yeah. Organized Noise... They only did four songs on this. Gotcha. Four songs out of the, I think it's 15 on here, 15, 16. Mm-hmm. They only did four of them. The rest was produced by Andre with a live band. And I think we was, we was kind of talking about it like before then when you were saying that, what you what you were saying before we were recording, you were saying that Andre was sh- like, what you were saying? I think you were saying Andre was, uh, showed improved more or something like that? Yes, so I feel like um, by this point Andre had um, developed his skills not just like I think he he came to the realization, okay, I have a great aesthetic in rap, like my voice, my flow um, my lyrical patterns are all unique in in every way you look at it uh, but I think that he combined it all and said, now I'm really going to be more lyrical to match the level of Big Boy. I felt like personally by this point, uh, Big Boy showcased more of a, a polished skill when it came to the penmanship. 
though Andre had, like, he's always had the appeal, in my opinion. On the first album, I felt like Big Boy had the appeal. Yeah. Second. He was more relatable to the people. Right, right, right. And even his flow pattern, like, his, his twang on words, his flows, everything kind of overshadowed Andre 3000, in a sense. Yeah, I felt the same. Well, that's what what that's what people basically were talking about. Everybody was saying that Big Boy was the most relatable one. Big Boy was the the elite rapper. Out. Mm-hmm. Andre three thousand was a slouch. He was uh he was the weirdo of the crew. Yeah, and I don't even view it as much as that. I felt like Andre was more um, kind of uh, idealistic. You know, uh, I felt like he could take a common situation and give you scenarios that 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 seemed not to say unearthly, you know what I mean? But kind of more illustrated, more Hollywood in a hood sense. Okay. You know, still something that you can relate to but it's still like okay that's a bit out there you know what i mean yeah i got you i got you that makes sense i'm trying to articulate it better but on the strength fuck it (laughs) (laughs) um uh with big boy like i say i think the first two albums he just really was so focused on rap being you know young having that intent that Okay, Atlanta's not getting as much. And I think they both had that focus. But Big Boy was like, okay, I'm really finna show them I can out-rap people. And that's why he gets the nod from Wu-Tang. You know what I mean? On this album. Um, and that exchange at the end of Rosa Parks. In my opinion, I thought that was, like, really dope. Because it, it, like, it, 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 it cross-referenced the North and the South. It showed that, yo... There's still acknowledgement amongst lyricists. Yeah, and this is coming off them going on the Source Awards with the speech in 1995 saying, "South got something to say," which was the Source Awards was in New York. And mm-hmm. even thinking about that now, that shit just sounds so outdated. A hip hop award show in New York, right? That doesn't happen anymore at all, ever. Like that, that just like that makes sense for that time. 95 was. Of course, Source Awards gonna be in New York. Nobody's going to a hip hop award in New York now. That shit's either in Miami, Atlanta. It's gonna be somewhere in the South. If I can, I gotta say that um, I think Outkast caused that transition in a sense. They 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 brought so much attention to Southern music that it realized, okay, New York isn't such a mecca that it can't be fucked with. Before, it was like, yo, anything that comes out of New York is solid. It, 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 yeah. You can guarantee someone around you is gonna like it. Yeah, they ushered it in, they changed it. They changed, when they came out with this album, they changed the history because at that point, <clears throat> when they started, when they this album came out in 98, this was so critically critically acclaimed it started a movement in Atlanta that didn't that started in 98 2000 right. it brought in Ludacris T.I. Yep. all the legends yep. Jeezy all, all them and Gucci the, shortly followed and the rain hasn't stopped since then so you're right about that I didn't really realize that so 
it kind of when Outkast came out with this album, they kicked in the door, man. So shout out to them on that. So I said uh, organ. I said it before organized noise. They didn't really have a hand in this one. I think Andre 3000. I think this album is like Andre 3000, baby. He just like he was more hands on to me than Big Boy because there's some songs on here that Big Boy not even on. So. Right, right. And then learning that Andre 3000 had a whole live band to orchestrate like and I did like that's that's amazing yeah. that's amazing full creative control um which they didn't get until this album right. after the AT Aliens did all the crazy ass numbers it did that's when they finally had full creative control where they can do whatever the fuck they want to so yeah so I had already asked you when was the first time you heard it when was the last time you heard this album um, before we started researching well I will say this um Several of the songs have played like in recency. Like I, I, I played uh, "Return of a Gangster" um, just the other day, uh, probably like within the last two weeks. And it's funny because I was um, like hanging around this white guy, and as I as I was singing it, he was like, "Yo, that used to be my shit." What you know about this album? <laughs> he was like, "Yo, look, when that came out, that's all I listened to," and I, it made me realize like. I think Outkast had such an influence like on so many people that hip hop became more serious itself because it it, it really um unified the nation in yeah. that sense, you know. Uh the South wasn't getting any respect at that point. I do remember that. To me, 400 Degrees was a classic album. You had uh, UGK dropping classic. Like, we'll get into U- uh, UGK, you know, and all of what Pimp C did, because that's yeah. that's legendary. But um, to mention things like that, Master P um, and so many other artists, and I'm not saying that Master P should be looked at as a lyrical um you know, genius or whatever, uh, in the in the sense that we're we're talking about classic albums. But what I am saying is, what he was able to do should have been respected. The South should have had more respect on his name. We should have had more opportunities in the '90s, right? Uh, when when Outkast said, you know, hey, the South got something to say, followed it up with this album, and it was solid, ushering in such a new wave. I think that it made it to where, okay. Hip hop is a, a real genre. It's not just a New York sound or California gangster music. You know what I mean? And that's what the media was trying to paint it out to be. Not, not, not hip hop uh, outlets, but the general consensus. So you kind of had to hide listening to certain artists. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? When Outkast came out, I think that it made it acceptable to say, okay, we're going to rap about hood shit, but we're still going to give you good songs to where you can play this in a family setting. Yeah. They first song they came out of the gate, Players Ball, yes. which was a Christmas song. Yes. And to find that out blew my mind. Actually, that shit just came out. They, they redid it. They, like, remastered it mm-hmm. as a Christmas album. It came out like, this we going out to. Wow, I'm about to check it out. Yes, this is the song I seen it today. Um, last time I heard this album in full, of course I listened to the standouts here and there. I want to say the last time I heard this album in full was maybe 